open to 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you, uh, we, we put Bibles on a table there for you. Uh, also, a great way to take the Bible with you everywhere you take your phone is to download the YouVersion app, uh, and that way you can, you can kind of take that with you everywhere you go. We are finishing a series tonight that we're calling Orientation. And orientation kind of has two meanings. We've talked about this. Some of you, you're, you've just started school or you're getting ready to start school. And uh, they, they usually typically kind of have an orientation. Orientation is a place where they tell you everything that you need to know to navigate the next season of your life. Orientation is also a way that you kind of find your bearings or you find which direction that you're going to go into. And uh, so we talked as a team, well, what would be three things we feel like that you need to know to navigate the next season, or what are three things that we think you need to know to help you find direction? And the first one was, we think you should know who you are. So we had a discussion on identity, and for those of us who are followers of Jesus, if you claim to be a Christian, we talked about what that means. What's it, what's it mean to find your identity in Christ rather than in past experiences or things that you've done or things that have been done to you or even um, things that you own or things, uh, things that are, are kind of current in your, in your life as well too. But what's it, what's it mean to have an immovable identity in Christ? And then last week, Shannon did a great job just taking us through, um, you, we think you should know how to be content. We, we talked about contentment and we looked at the scriptures and there was a guy named Paul there uh, and he, Paul wrote, look, I have found out what it is to be content when things are really good. And when things are not so good. Uh, and you can go back, by the way, to 710.org and listen to all these messages. So if you've missed any of them, you want to, um, you, you can find them all there. Uh, there's a link to our podcast there. But, and then tonight, the third thing that we think that you should know is we think that you should know who we are. We, we think that you should know who you, we are. And this is going to be a message on um, community. Uh, every week, um, we, we do in here, uh, and you do all through your week, uh, what we just did, and that is an introduction, right? So the, I know you just think that's something that we need to kind of transition from time to time, and you're right, it is. But we also think it's a really important step for you to be introducing yourself to, to, to new people and to be introducing yourself to other young adults who are going through kind of similar things in life that you are. Um, but when you, when you have an introduction, you're basically just saying, okay, this is who I am, uh, and then I want to know a little bit about who you are. And we, we do this all the time, right? And um, you, you're, you're trying to kind of figure out, some of you would just say, okay, you usually start with your name, unless you're totally weird, then you don't even give them your name. Um, but you tell them your name, and maybe you tell them, uh, like, where you go to school, or what you do for work, uh, where you're from, and, you know, and then from there, I don't know where it goes. I usually never get past that part. But uh, that's kind of what you do in an introduction. You're trying to just set people up on who you are, and you're trying to know who, who they are, too. And, and some of you, you, you've already started school, and some of you, you're, you're getting ready to start school, but you remember when you start college, and maybe this is happening right now on your campus, but there's all these organizations that they're, they're kind of handing out flyers, they're setting up booths, they're wearing different t-shirts, and they're kind of telling you to join up with who they are. They're trying to pr- introduce themselves to you, or if you're an upperclassman, or maybe you're, you're out of school, you've gone to a job fair. Anybody, has there many in here have been to a job fair? Right, so your job fair is kind of the same thing. You go, and there's a bunch of booths set up, you talk to them people, and they try to get you to come work for them, and then they offer you candy, which is so odd. It's such, such, such like a college thing to do. That doesn't happen any other time in life. You know, you don't go like, hi, I'm Al. I want to be your financial planner. Here's a Snickers bar. It's just, it only happens there at job fairs. But anyway, and, and, and you kind of go through these different phases where, where, where they try to tell you these organi- organizations and these groups and these people, they're always trying to tell you who they are, and they're trying to get you to join up with them 
and, and trying to get you to be a part of who they are. And the whole time, when you're making these introductions and when you're kind of having these interactions, you're, you're assessing, you're assessing like, okay, is this something that I want to be a part of? Do we have any common interests? And for some of them, you find out that, yeah, I do. I want to be a part. So you get the t-shirt and you wear the pin and you go to the meetings and you wear the colors and you do kind of all the things. And you're saying, look, I'm going to put my energy into who you are as an organization or group, or I'm going to put my time, my resources, I'm going to put my support, I'm going to put my life into who you are as an organization. We do the same thing with individuals too, right? So you meet somebody, right, and, and you begin to kind of assess and evaluate. Like, okay, is this going to be someone who I'm going to forget their name as soon as I, like, walk away? That's me regardless because my memory totally sucks, right? right? Or you're, you're talking to them, you're like, no, this could be somebody that would, I would, this would be an acquaintance, I'll hang with them. Or maybe you're like, no, this is definitely, like, this is a friend zone person. Or maybe it goes beyond that. You know, this is a person I want to, I'm going to, I want to really seriously invest in their life. And I want them to be a, a huge part of my life going forward. So why does all that matter? Because in 1 John, John, the, the apostle, he was, a, he was a follower of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He knew Jesus well. Um, and and he, he's going to step up right in the beginning of this letter that he writes. And he's, he's planting a flag. He's making a statement. Let me, let me read what he says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at our hands, have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We've seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and John says, we write this to make our joy complete. Your version might say, we write this to you to make your, version, your joy complete. Let me pray. Uh, let me pray, and then we'll just get into this. Father, thank you for uh, this time. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to hear from you. So God, I pray that in the next few moments here, God, you would just free us up from distractions. God, I pray that you would, um, by your spirit, control me, and God, protect us, that we would only hear your words tonight. God, I'm, I'm trusting in you, God, that you um, would keep your promise about your word, that when it goes out, it doesn't return void, and that it's able to do something supernatural, God. I believe that, and I'm trusting in that. And so, God, would you, would you move um, and bring, bring us freedom tonight? God, bring us together in you tonight. God, let us experience joy in you tonight. And Jesus, I love you, and I ask these things in your name. Amen. What John is doing here at the beginning of this letter is he's describing an organization to us. He's telling us what they stand for and what, what they're a part of. It's an organization that's been going on for generations. It's an organization that will be going on for generations. When every other organization fades away, this one will still be continuing. And John is saying, look, there's an organization that is grander, that is more profound, that's more eternal than any other organization or group or fellowship that you will ever come across. And he, gonna, and he presents it straight up to us. He's, he's, this, he's not sidestepping this. He says, look, and I'm, I'm telling you about this because I want you to be a part of it. He says, I'm proclaiming this to you because I want you to be a part of us, 
That's, that's what God's doing every time we kind of come together. He's continuing to form and to build in us. Most of you, you, you come in as an, as an individual. You come in as, an, in, as, a, as a single person. And what God is doing is God's building in, in us together. So what John has here, he's got this just straight-up recruiting speech. So if you're listening to this, the same way you would listen to anybody else who's trying to pitch like their organization, their fellowship, their group, you're going to say, okay, why would I want to be a part of that group? Why should I want to join up with you? And John says in this text, he says, we're proclaiming this to you so that you would have fellowship with us so that our joy, your joy, may be complete. He says, straight up, that's what we're about. And the message for you is a message for your joy and for my joy. And he says, if you embrace it, your joy, it will bring you joy. Not just joy, not just any joy. He says, the fullness of joy, a complete joy, a filled all the way up joy. And John says, I want you to join this organization because that will give you potential for total maximum joy. Total joyfulness is attainable in the human life and it's available in this organization. That's a huge statement. There's not a whole lot of groups on campus that are pitching that one to you, right? Not a whole lot of groups or tables that you're walking by are like, hey, where should I join you? Oh, because we're going to offer complete joy. I don't, I don't know, man. I Maybe that koozie, you can give me that, but I don't know, like fullness of joy, that's a pretty tall order. But that's what John's saying. John's saying this fellowship, this organization, this group, this, this brings about maximum joy. And really, that's what we want. I mean, if we're super honest, maybe, maybe that's not cool to be honest about that, but just we, if we could all be honest, that's what we'd say, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want the fullness of joy. I, that's what I'm striving for. Augustine says, without exception, we all long for happiness. We may all search for it in different ways, but all try their hardest to reach the same goal. Now, now you're at a phase of life where you're talking about what you want to do with your life, what you're going to major in, what you want your occupation to be what you want your second occupation to be, right? Who you're going to marry, where you're going to live. But at the end of the day, all of those are just different little paths to try to get to joy. And we all want it. We're all seeking joy. We're all seeking happiness, fulfillment. We want this abiding happiness and joy. And John says, hey, I'm a part of this group, and we have it. We have the fullness of it. And you say, well, John, how did that come about? John knows something about life that's very true that some of us have already figured out, and some of us are kind of in the middle of figuring out. You don't get joy by aiming at it. That, that's what's so sad when people are like, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy, right? But happiness is always a byproduct of seeking something else, right? So I, I hang out with this person. I engage with this person because when I'm with them, I'm happy. I pursue this activity because when I'm doing that activity, I'm happy, I, 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 I buy this thing because when I buy this thing, I'm, I'm happy, and, and so happiness is always a byproduct of, something, of some other activity or some other thing or something else that we're pursuing. Happiness is produced. It's not, it's, it's not hit by just simply aiming at it. But John says, in fellowship with us, your joy will be full. He says, when you join this fellowship, that true joy is, is found. And fundamentally, even if you're not a Bible person or a Jesus person, you, you know this to be true. Experientially, you know this to be true. And here, here's what I mean. Like, if you've ever experienced the joy of being known... Like, you just, you have, like, good friends, you're just with them. Like, just the joy of, like, being known. Like, they know me, I know them. You walk into a room like this, and some of you, th this could be your first time, and so it's like, yeah, not a whole lot of joy, because I don't really know anybody. 
Uh, others of you, the whole reason you're here is like uh, all the people that I know, I know they're going to be here on a Tuesday night. And, it, and when I see them, it makes me happy. There's joy in kind of knowing that. There's this deep satisfaction in connecting with, with others. We, we all want that. We all want to be a part of something where we feel like we belong. Sometimes it's really challenging to show up to a group or to a community like this because you're like, man, it's hard to kind of feel where I belong. Others of you, you feel like, no, man, every time I go, I just kind of feel like I belong. That's our hope, by the way. That's, sincerely, that's what we aim for. It's what we try. But there is a satisfaction in being part of a fellowship, part of, a, of being known. Um, when, when, I was choosing, when, I, when I was choosing a college, um, I... I have told you this a million times. I've made like so many bad just decisions in my life. It's, it's not even funny. But um, I got a wrestling scholarship to a school in Virginia uh, that I turned down because it was a Christian school and, and I didn't want that and I, and I was kind of over wrestling. So I also, and then I got accepted to University of Florida, uh, but I didn't want to go there because I got accepted summer, not fall, and I was going to Cancun that summer. So I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't let my future interrupt a stupid trip to Cancun. Um, uh, and then um, uh, a buddy of mine that uh, we were seniors, we went to we went down to University of Central Florida, home of the Golden Knights in Orlando, Florida, and didn't really know anybody, didn't really was, know what was going on. Somehow, we kind of stumbled to this, like, house party. And uh, so we walk in, and there's just, like, gobs and gobs of people. It's, like, super mobbed. And there were two guys there, um, and they just, like, they totally, like, stood out. They were tall. To me, they were tall. They were, like, 6'2", six 6'3". Six um, but they had, they both had, like, huge hair, like, huge hair. One guy was a white guy with like this giant blonde afro, like giant blonde like afro, huge hair. Another guy uh, is like Egyptian Syrian guy, same deal. And they were just kind of like standing there next to each other. And, uh, and I went up to them and I was like, hey, I'm going to climb on your shoulders. And they're like, okay, cool. And so I did. And so I didn't know these cats. They didn't know me. And so I climbed up on their shoulders. And uh, this was, we weren't drinking, if you can believe that. We didn't drink at this time. Uh, and, and I just spent the whole night cruising around this party on top of these guys' shoulders and like had the best time ever. And uh, I remember we left that party and was like, I'm going to that school. Like, that's, that's, that's how I made my decision on uh, higher education. So I'm an idiot. But... Um, those two guys became like, and still are to this day, like two of my all-time like best friends. And if you have friends like that, if you have people like that in your life, you know the joy of fellowship, of, of deep connection with another person. And what, and what John is dialing in on is that reality, is that truth in life, that joy is produced in the midst of fellowship or communion. So, some of you, you, you have this with your, with your roommates. Some of you, you've, you've got a pretty good roommate situation, right? Like, so you're, you're, you're sharing where you live, yes, but you're also, you, you're, you're also kind of sharing your life with these people, and there's, there, there's joy there, right? You've moved past the point where it's like, oh, that's my stuff, this is your stuff, you know? Like, you know, you go to the fridge, and everybody's, like, food is labeled in the fridge, you know? And you go, and you're like, 
what is this my food, you, your food? Let's just, like, let's share food, right? Or maybe, you know, you're looking for something to wear, and you're smelling all your clothes, and they're just way too funky, and you're like, what is this my shirt, your shirt? You know, until you go to your roommate's closet, and they're like, that, that would just look better on me anyway. And so you wear it, you know, and you kind of, you start to move, and you start to kind of grow like that. And, you know, usually that ends up in a big conversation, kind of a little roommate fight, you know, and kind of a little tension in the, in the house or in the apartment for a while. But then you move into this place where you're like, you know what, if we, if we share life together, it's, if we knit our lives together, it's actually a better experience for us. And then next thing you know, you guys are, you're actually grocery shopping together, you know, or you're clothes shopping together. And then you start to dress alike and you start to, you know, kind of talk alike. And you have like all the little inside jokes together. And, you know, the guys, are, you like have these kind of like your little humor. It's like 90% movie quotes, you know, and you think you're hilarious. And everyone's like, I don't get it. And they're like, well, we're just funny. Girls, you like have this thing where you just kind of like, you don't even like really say anything. You just kind of like side smirk and like smile and laugh. And it's just like, you just like giggle. And everyone's like, what is with them? But you guys get it. You're just kind of, you, you're connected like that. There's a shared life. To, there's a shared life together. You, 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 you are known and you are loved by another person. And John says, joy is found in an, in an us. That's where joy is found. You get joy in a fellowship. But, but John really takes it to the next level because he, he says there's something different about the fellowship. There's something different about the us that, that I'm talking about because in our fellowship, there's not just joy. Like all those things I described, there's joy there. There's happiness. Some of you, you're laughing because you know you, that's your experience. But John says it's not just joy. It's fullness of joy. It's like next level joy, John says. There's a communion where we have a joy that is unshaken by trials. It's untouchable by the difficulties of life. It's a maximum joy in a human life. And John says, that's what we have. You say, well, okay, I want that. That sounds great. How can we have that? And he says, what we proclaim to you in 1 John 1, so that you can have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We have fullness of joy in our group. And, And he says, you know why we can say we have fullness of joy in our group? Because God's in our group. Because our creator is a part of us. He's saying God is forming in us. He's forming a community and he's inviting people into it. That's what, that's what blows John's mind. That's, what, that's why he's writing this letter. Because John is telling us about a group of people that can know God and have communion with him. A deep abiding. A shared life with him. And, and John says, look, this is available. This is what God is doing. God's bringing us together to share life with one another and to share life with him. This is what God is all about in the world. And that is a thrill to the human soul. Um, one of my kids, one of, one of our favorite things to do, I've got, I've got three kids, or eight, seven, and four, is to, is to wrestle. And usually it starts like this. I'll be in my bedroom, and uh, I'm on my bed watching TV or something like that, and my youngest, my five-year-old, he'll come in and he'll say, Dad, you want to wrestle? And I'll be like, yeah. And he'll say, then let's wrestle. And I'll say, okay. And he'll say, you got any moves? <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah, I do. And then he'll like jump on me and he'll jump on the bed and I'll like put him in the headlock and he yells for his sister. He's like, Evie, Vera, dad's wrestling. And they'll like 
from wherever they are in the house, they'll like tear out of their play and they'll kind of run there like, ah, they jump and they all love to jump on top of me and they'll like stick their fingers in my mouth and poke me in the eye and uh, wet willy. I think my mom taught them how to do wet willy. So now they're wet willy and, and they take, we've got like 57 pillows on our bed for some reason. They'll take all the pillows and they'll put them on me and then my middle daughter, um, she's going to need therapy. She thinks it's hilarious to take all the underwear out of my underwear drawer and like dump it on me. She just thinks it's like the funniest thing ever to like dump all my underwear on me. Um, and, 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 and that's like just like we just have like the best time just kind of wrestling. And, and, I, and, I was, and I was thinking about that and I was like, you know, I don't know anybody else that could do this with me and I'd be okay with it. There's like no other relationship where this is appropriate. Like if I come into work tomorrow morning and Shannon's like, bro, do you want to wrestle? And I'm like, yeah. Well, then let's wrestle. You got any moves? <laughs> It'd just be really odd, especially if he had my underwear. But it would just be like, but my kids can, and I love it. Now, now why? why? Why is it different with them than it is with, with Shannon? This is, this is huge. Because my kids have access. Like, my kids have a, have a special place with me. My kids have a special relationship with me. My kids have full access to me because they're, they're mine and, and I'm theirs. And there, there's, like, tremendous joy in that space. And, and for, for me, I love it, and, and, and they love it. And John says, that's the world that I live in with God. There's full access there. And I love it. Before time began, John says, there was a father, there was a son, there was spirit, and there was perfect love and perfect joy. And John says, God is love, and he's pulled us into fellowship with him. Now, how do you get to be a part of that group? It's interesting. John does not give us a list of rules. He doesn't say, well, there's a bunch of things that you have to accomplish so that you can have, be a part of this group. If you read this text, the first three verses, they're, they're really one sentence in Greek, and it's, grammatically it's a terrible sentence, but what's interesting is that the subject and the verb aren't until the very end. For the first two verses, all John does is explain the object, at, because at the end of the day, this organization, this Christianity that we're talking about, it's not about a verb. It's, it's not about something that you do. It's about an object. It's about an object that you build your life on. And John says how to be a part of that community. He says that which from, was from the beginning, the beginning of all things, all time. We heard, we saw it with our eyes, we touched it with our hands. Here's the reality. You don't do things to reach out to God. You don't do things to attain God. You don't work hard to fill out some measure to get into the club because God came to us. What John is explaining to us is like the eternal became historical, And John says, in that moment, we're part of something that's much bigger than just a philosophy. A, a philosophy is, is where men try to see the world and try to come up with answers to the questions that they see in the world. And John says, that's not us. We're, we're not a religion in the strictest sense of the word. Religion is people trying to, working to connect to the path to unseen and ultimate reality. And John says, we weren't trying to reach it. We weren't even trying to grab for it. The eternal came to us. The timeless stepped into time. The unknowable one introduced himself. How do you get into communion with God? God came for us to make it possible. 
Three, three times in John, he calls Jesus life. He says he's the creator of all life. He was made manifest. He was made known to us. He entered our life. So, so many are seeking a path to God, but God shows up to us. And it wasn't just a drop by. Jesus hung around for years, and we have reliable and verifiable recordings of his life. This Jesus who sat with sinners and, and social outcasts, who healed the sick and the blind and those with incurable diseases, who gave life to those whose lives were in ruin, who fed those who were hungry with the bread of life, the, this Jesus who raised those from the dead. Christianity is about a man who came to get us when we were lost and wandering and broken and headed for certain death. When we didn't know God, when we didn't even want God, the scripture says, God came for us. So when we talk about this orientation, these things that we think that you should know, these, these things that we think you should navigate your life by, we want to encourage you most of all to know this God, to know Jesus, and not just know about him, not just tag up at church or 710, but to know him in his word, know him through prayer, through constant communication with him, through community with others to really engage with him, to really encounter him. No person likes to be something that's just checked off uh, like a checklist on a box. Engage, encounter with, adore, seek intimacy with Jesus. This is why we sing. When we come together, it was funny, I was talking to, to Connor. I was like, you know, a lot of times we just start our times together with a song. And, and, I, and it's, I get it. There's not necessarily a problem with it. But we don't ever really just talk about what, why we're singing. Is this just something that we do? We don't gather and sing about more, rea- more reality. We don't get up and there's like the songs are about like, hey, guys, don't touch each other. Don't get drunk. Don't do drugs. Those aren't the songs. We're not singing about more of like what you should do and, and, and less of what, what, what you shouldn't do. We sing because God's building in us. God's building a fellowship. God's building a community. God's building a family, a, a body, and, 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 and us that shares life with our maker. And he did it through sending his son who is life. Why did he have to come? Because we don't have life in ourselves. There's a brokenness. There's a sickness in us. And we know it. So Jesus had to come to rescue us. A few years ago, there was a movie that came out with... Um, Liam Neeson, or if you're my dad, Liam Neesoms. He always pluralizes <laughs> Liam Neesoms. But Liam Neeson was a man with a certain set of skills. And he was a father. And he was a, a father whose daughter was abducted. And when his daughter was abducted um, and far away, what did he do? That fool went to work. And he stared down the face of death to bring his daughter back. And I'm sure you've seen this movie by now, but the girl makes bad decisions. She ended up in a place that was dangerous, that was unsafe, that was destructive. She was enslaved, that was leading to death where there was no hope, there was no way out. Yet her father, at the risk of his life, powered through any obstacle to rescue her and to bring her home. And the beauty of that is that what Jesus did. God made us to commune with him, to live life with him, to have intimacy with him because that's where joy is found. That's what we're designed for, fully alive, fully human, integrated life with Jesus, a life that over time exhibits the same kind of character and competencies that you'd find in the life of Jesus, that we would live the life that Jesus would live if he were living your life. It's a life of joining God and God's mission in the world, working to restore individuals and restore communities to God's intended design. And John is telling us, look, that's what we get to do together. John is saying, look, the gospel is not you work your way back into the present of God. 
The gospel is you were lost, you were broken, and he came to get you. And not at risk of his life, but at the cost of it. He didn't come as a violent man, but he did come with a certain set of skills. He was perfect when we weren't. He was sinless when we were sinful. And where we deserve death, he took death for us so that he could be the giver of life to all who would call out to him. That's the message that John is proclaiming. And that's our message as well. Because God's building a fellowship. God's building in us, and we think you should know who we are. It's a community where there's fullness of joy, and there's a reason for that joy. It's because we know him. So with this, we close. If you're here tonight and you don't know him, the invitation to you is to be welcomed home. Even tonight, call out for him for rescue and salvation. If you would say that you know him, if you would say that you're a Christian, just know this, there's nothing stranger than a joyless Christian because we have hope and purpose and freedom. Um, you guys ever watch like the Olympics, like summer, winter Olympics? Um, the opening ceremony is always like kind of one of the cool moments, right? Because everyone is just like stoked to be there. They're just, they're, they are pumped, right? And at that moment, they, they, they just realize, look, I'm a part of something that's much bigger than myself. And no matter how well they do or poor they do, they are full of joy just to be there, just to be a part of something. And they are unashamed to put on the colors and be recognized as part of that country, part of that community. And so, Christian, I want to encourage you, especially those of you who've just started back to school or you're going to be starting back to school soon, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Stand up like John and say, I'm, I'm a part of an us. And, and John's like, look, I know I didn't earn it, so I'm not arrogant. I'm not cocky. But the reality is I am thrilled because I have communion with the Father, communion with the Holy Spirit, communion with the Son, and communion with the family of God. And as we love each other and as we love him, our joy is made full. Mm-hmm.